1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. Okay. Happy Friday. Hope your weekend's off to a great start. Thanks for starting it here. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. Late in the third, Panthers leading the Stars 6-0. After the first wild up 3-1 on the Ducks, Oilers and Senators tomorrow. Stuart Skidder, your expected starter in net for the Oilers. 6.30 face-off show game at 8 here on 6.30. Chad, we'll have to see uh, who plays for the Oilers elsewhere on the ice. As Dave Tippett said, he cannot be sure that they are going to have 18 skaters available because of uh, players not yet out of COVID protocol. And a couple guys hurt, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Chris Russell, for example, still injured. So that's the story there. We were talking about the trade the Edmonton Elks make with Montreal. It's GM Chris Jones has been pretty busy. Tony Washington, uh, the offensive lineman, and Martise Jackson, the kick returner, coming over from Montreal in exchange for defensive lineman Mike Moore. So that is the deal for the Elks, and I expect uh, there will be a lot of uh, Elks news in the days to come with probably more roster moves, free agencies coming up in February. They still need a president. All that kind of stuff is going to be happening as we roll along. Okay, well, this is a fun story for a Friday night. Uh, I got a gentleman here I used to see quite a bit because he used to work for uh the Edmonton Oilers and uh he has uh, done something very very cool well he's done a lot of cool things but something that caught our attention here Jeff Nash joining me tonight on Inside Sports Jeff what's up my friend
2: happy Friday Reed. glad um thanks for having me on It's it's nice to chat with you
1: yeah it's good to chat with you again uh now what was your job when you were working for the Oilers again
2: uh, I was manager of video production, and I was there back in the days playing ping pong in front of you and Rob post-game in the old oil drum in Rexall Place, and then uh, we moved into to Roger's Place and spent a few seasons there as well.
1: All right, and uh, what are you doing these days before we get to the outdoor rink stuff?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> as you can tell, uh, building rinks for my kids. Uh, I have a YouTube channel out now called Rinks Around the League where I kind of talk uh, everything about Hockey rinks and NHL rinks. I have a new series coming out this uh, in a couple of weeks uh, called Retro Rinks where I visit uh, older rinks, Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, but the Montreal Forum, etc. cetera. Um, but just being a family dad, uh, you know, we have got four kids now and uh, that's obviously occupying a lot of my time.
1: Right on. Okay. Well, yeah. And uh, again, I've tweeted out the link to the the video of the rink we're going to talk about. And I got to be honest with you, I didn't know much about rinks around the league, so I was kind of scrolling it. and I was like, oh my god, I got to watch some of these videos. So really cool. Uh, you're you're rolling there with the with the YouTube channel. And we should also uh, set this up as well. For you, it's been uh, a, a life in hockey. In, in a lot of different roles. Can, can you kind of just run down your, your resume when it comes to hockey jobs? <laughs>
2: sure. Um, like I say in my videos, I, I've, I've been involved in almost every aspect of the game. You know, playing minor hockey in Irma, Alberta, uh, home of uh, Carson Susie there. And, um, uh, you know, played junior hockey in Wainwrights, um, worked in the hockey rinks, drove Zamboni for a few years, uh, started off my video career uh, in sports with Hockey Canada during the 2010 Olympics and then with the Oilers uh, for five seasons. And yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to have a pretty well-rounded have that pretty well rounded knowledge of, basically everything in the game Uh, officiated for a few years. I think I've pretty much done everything except sharpen skates and coach. I think those are the only two things (laughs) left.
1: Well, there's still time. Uh, (laughs) Did you you play for the junior B
2: Bisons in Wainwright? I I sure did. And before everyone goes, oh, wow, he played for that Bisons, I played for a few years that we were not so good. (laughs) So, <laughs> what years
1: were what years were you there? If you don't mind me asking. Oh
2: geez, um, 90. See, I graduated 97, so I played on 97, 98 teams. So I, oh, I just I there. just
1: missed you. Cause so I got yeah. to Lloydminster in 2000, and the Bandits and Bison had a pretty good rivalry most of the yeah, time like I was I said, there.
2: <laughs> like I said, you know, we didn't have great seasons, but uh, after I left, they had, they they took off. They were pretty successful after that. I, I believe the
1: Bisons had a 36-game season. They did not lose a game in regulation time, and then Lloyd upset them in the playoffs. Uh, probably, yeah, I, uh, sorry sorry for everybody in Wainwright to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, your, your backyard rink, I, I want to start with, was this something you always wanted to do or you always wanted to do to the extent that you did it this time? Tell me about the idea here.
2: So the last, I was thinking about this the last time I actually made an outdoor rink, and it was at when I worked for uh, Easter Seals Camp Horizon in Bright Creek. I I built a a, a gigantic skating rink for for a camp, a Christmas camp, and I put logos in and everything, kind of like what I did with this one. Uh, not to this precision Um, and then uh, it opened up for the camp and a Chinook came in and basically melted the entire thing and so that was a little bit of heartbreak Um, and then I have just lived in houses where I didn't have a a great backyard to do it in and then uh, honestly the weather uh, we got that big dump of snow it's been freezing cold and you know I knew the kids would be home from school for uh, you know because of COVID a, a little bit longer than normal and we have a pretty enthusiastic uh my son theo is is pretty enthusiastic so i thought you know i gotta build something that get them outside (laughs) burn off that energy so that you know we can kind of keep our sanity in the house and um obviously with the channel i thought well i'll marry the two i'll I'll build a a rink for the kids but i'll also want to build it the way they do in the nhl by layers and painting and um and just kind of an education piece you know i I did a little bit of a piece on the lucky Looney because it occurred to me that you know some younger people don't even know what the lucky Looney is so i thought you know i'm gonna show them how the nhl uh, ice makers make ice uh, but also you know tell a little bit of stories along the way including the lucky Looney.
1: right yeah and that's cool you got that as well so it looked to me you sort of have a natural rink space because you have you have boards so to speak but you didn't that so tell me about that shape there
2: yeah, so it's obviously, it's it's kind of the same ratio of an NHL rink, but obviously, obviously not the same uh, exact dimensions. Uh, but it, the section of my backyard, it's just this little area uh, that I have a garage wall on one side, and it's the other two sides are the, the fence of my actual yard. So it kind of, I was like looking at that and thought, well, if it fits in there and if I can actually make ice in there, it, it's going to be fantastic because it's kind of sheltered from the wind and it's sheltered from the sun so it doesn't melt um, in the next in the upcoming months here. It, you know, when the sun hits ice, especially if you have lines and stuff, it, it can melt and wreak havoc on your ice. But uh, it's pretty sheltered, so I thought, you know what, this is going to be a win-win. So it's, it's pretty compact, but for my kids, it's, it's the perfect size.
1: Okay, and I, I know in the video you got the kids helping you. Were they gung-ho to help or did they get a little... Uh... <laughs> after a while, it was like, seriously, this is all there is? <laughs>
2: like, I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Reed, like, when I first started going out, you could see in a time-lapse, me on my knee, hands and knees with the boards, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, packing snow. I'm pretty sure the kids were like, what is that doing? <laughs> but after I told them, you know, hey, I'm going to build a skating rink, they were kind of like, oh, okay. And then, you know, I, I, I convinced my older kids, children to come out and help me and they obliged and you know once they got painting again um, part of that mental break especially for my kids you know I got them outside uh, it was warm at that time and they, they had a blast doing it and you know it's one of those things that you know the old man makes them do something and then when they do it they're like oh this is actually kind of fun so uh, <laughs> when we got it all built um, when that cold snap came through the christmas break i thought okay well the kids are only going to be out at, on it for a couple of nights uh, but they were on it every single night and it's been great but uh, they're they're true champions out in that cold because it was it was cold but they were out there for hours
1: okay that's awesome now uh, Jeff Nash joining us on Inside Sports. The YouTube channel is Rinks Around the League. It's an awesome channel, and we're talking about his uh, outdoor rink that he's just made here in Edmonton in, in his yard. The I want, I'll, I'll just tee you up for it, and you can put it into your own words. Can you tell us the uh, logo you decided to put on your center ice face-off dot and why that's the direction you chose to go there? Yeah, so,
2: you know... As I grew up a Noelis fan growing up, I was very fortunate to actually work for the organization for a while, and and I was really fortunate to spend the last few seasons in Rexall Place, uh, former Northlands Coliseum. And I wanted to kind of pay a little bit of a... Homage to the ice makers that were kind of basically born out of that rink. Uh, Dan and Mike Craig, you know, the ice gurus of the NHL. I had the fortune of meeting them and and getting to chat with them at outdoor uh, heritage classic in Winnipeg and all-star games and stuff. And I'd always pick their brains on, on um, how they made ice. I actually did a really good feature called uh, farewell Rexall place home ice. And I really go into depth and the detail of how, the reputation of the ice in North, Northland's Coliseum was the best in the league. And it's just kind of a cool logo. And, um, you know, they're in Rogers' place now, and it's fantastic and great. But, you know, I like to keep it a little bit old school and, and do a logo that, again, kind of that education piece, hardcore Oilers uh, fans know what that logo is. But New Oilers fans don't even know what that is. So, again, just kind of marrying the different generations to uh, Edmonton and Oiler history
1: yeah i love that when i because th- when i first saw about the story i saw still pictures before i saw the video and i was kind of like wait what oh yeah like, so that was kind of <laughs> cool nostalgia for me right because it was sort of um i guess somewhat unusual that it, like certainly the oilers logos were on the ice but that the uh you know a team would have the the, the logo of the uh, you know, I guess association that was running the building or whatever on there as well, so that's pretty cool. What sort of reaction i I know you've been featured on a couple of TV stations and there's been articles written about you. are have you been like surprised at the reaction to the rink? like what's it been like the last week oh, or so?
2: absolutely, like uh, I'm talking to you Reed on on inside sports this is great. um yeah, you know what i i, I obviously, I did it for just having the kids out on the ice, and so that's kind of where where um Um, the goal was just just to have fun with my my kids and my sons and kind of have that uh, father-kid bonding time. And then um, what really kicked it off was, you know, I I did a tweet just saying how it's been a great mental escape, not only from, you know, the COVID um, madness that we're in, but also the Oilers madness (laughs) that we're in. It's, uh, you know, Oilers Twitter. And as you know, with callers calling in post-game that, You know, it can be a pretty negative place. So I thought, you know, what it gets me out of the house, out outside, and then that kind of took off. Um, You know, we've been featured on many news outlets, um, and you know, for me, it's it's a kind of a kick. and Uh, I get to know or I get to kind of rekindle friendships with, you know, cameramen that I haven't seen since my time at Rogers Place. But um, it's also been a kick for the kids. You know, they've they've been just going crazy with excitement about like, hey, we're on the news. They went to they went to school this week and hey, we were on the news and everyone's like, we know. so it's been really, (laughs) really cool, not only just for me, but it's really you know to be honest one story kind of got me a little bit misty died because when i saw the kids featured so prominently in the story i was you know it's just you know proud dad moment there so that was really cool
1: all right uh well you got a twitter account as well it is uh they can just they can look up rinks around the league or it's at underscore the rinks uh the youtube channel is rinks around the league where else can people find you
2: yeah, on, on Instagram, I even, believe it or not, have a TikTok, which is doing surprisingly well. Uh, I don't d- dance or anything, Reed, so don't worry. It's, it's nothing <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> okay. But it's, uh, yeah, so on YouTube, check me out there, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, like I said, I have a new series coming out, uh, visiting all the old rinks, which is really cool. The first one is the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, which had the retractable dome roof. So it's, uh, it's a really Great. cool the st- trip, down, uh, trip down memory lane.
1: That is awesome. Uh, Jeff, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, great work getting the rink going. And, uh, you know, a year from now, we're going to be talking about Volume 2 because you got to come back yeah. bigger and better next winter, right?
2: Well, absolutely. People have been saying, well, what are you going to do next time? I'm like, well, I kind of like how simple it is, just selfishly. But, you know, me, I will i don't know. I'll do something crazy like on ice projection or some crazy <laughs> stuff. I don't know. We'll see. That's <laughs> awesome. Jeff, all
1: the best to you and your family, buddy. hope we can talk again soon.
2: Yeah, uh, to you too. And best of luck the rest of the season.
1: That is Jeff Nash checking in from rinks around the league. Uh, any social media he was telling you, you can find that. And uh, I, again, you can follow me on Twitter. Look at my Twitter account. I, I tweeted out the link to the video made uh, he made of the rink he was just talking about and describing. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. That is a, a fun, very Canadian, very Edmonton story tonight on Inside Sports. Speaking of great stories, we'll get to that... a really interesting chunk of audio from Warren Moon about his thumb injury from last night well if you like Van Halen you'll know this song and if you like some vintage Saturday Night Live with Farley and Sandler you'll know that song and we'll just leave it at that oh yeah great to have jeff nash on the show talking about his outdoor rink the uh, youtube channel rinks around the league is a fun one if you want to check it out uh Yeah, Oilers uh, practicing today, game tomorrow against the Senators. Looks like Stuart Skinner is going to be your goaltender tomorrow night. We had uh, the legendary quarterback, five-time Grey Cup champion here in Edmonton, Warren Moon, on the show last night. Of course, after playing here in Edmonton, he went on to a long career in the NFL. He's in both the Canadian Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But there were some hardships along the way. So yesterday, we we were talking about the uh, thumb injury for goaltender Mike Smith. So Warren Moon comes on. And I'm thinking, well, he's a quarterback. You know, he played football. There had to be some sort of thumb or hand or finger injury along the way. Uh, I got an even better story than I was expecting.
3: Yeah, in 1990, uh, it was probably one of my best years in the league. Uh, I had a chance to break the uh, single-season passing record in the last game of the season. Well, I had another game left to go. Uh, I think it was game 15. And I had an open dislocation of my my passing thumb where the bone came out of the skin and I tore the ligaments and my season was over and we were going into the playoffs. So I missed the playoffs that year and um, didn't get a chance to you know break that record. And uh, I ended up coming back and playing in the, in the pro like I think five weeks later. But to this day, that thumb, I still can't bend it. Uh, I had to change the whole way I threw the football at that time in my career, my last 10 years. Um, I had to change my grip and everything uh, the way I threw the football because I couldn't bend that thumb anymore. So, yeah, I did have a pretty significant injury for a guy who lived throwing the football.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, yeah, I'm looking back on that season, and, uh, yes, you missed the playoff game, which unfortunately did not go well for the Houston Oilers. But you, no, it didn't. In- in the so how do you? I, I, how do you? How do you throw? I, I can't even imagine how you would adjust to that. You can't bend your thumb, and you still got to grip the ball and throw it. It must have taken you months to learn how to
3: do that. Yeah, my other four fingers had to be much more involved as far as holding on to the ball and and I I had a lot of fumbles because of that I, because I couldn't grip the ball the way I, I could and my fumbles were a lot of just fumbled snaps where when the ball comes up from the center and I just couldn't grip it sometimes especially if we were playing in bad weather or whatever and so you, you end up getting a fumble if you fumble a snap but I also was one of the leading recoverers of fumbles because I would fall right on the football so uh, a lot of people didn't know that i never i never revealed that that i had this problem with my thumb because you start telling people uh you can't grip a football all of a sudden now the organization is going to start looking at you weird like uh, okay this guy is up in his 30s and he's he's, he's injured uh well, we're gonna have to look to maybe replace him so i never said anything about it but i just kind of adjusted the way i threw the ball and, and I, I still had a whole lot of success my last uh eight or ten years Okay, wait
1: a minute. So your coaches nor your general managers knew that about you from 1990 to 2000
3: when you retired? They knew that I had the injury, but they knew when I came back from the injury, as long as I could throw the football and complete passes, they didn't know what I had to go through in order to make that happen. So I never said anything about that part of it. So like when I did have problems holding the ball sometime where maybe I got blindsided and the ball came out of my hand, it was mainly because I couldn't hold it as as tight as I wanted to. I could throw it, but I couldn't grip it the way I wanted
1: to. I didn't know that. That's that's amazing. And so this yeah. injury you had, you, you gave a nice description, which I'm sure had people cringing as they're driving around or
3: <laughs> sitting <laughs> by their computer. So, oh, I know. You're talking about going in shock, you know, when you see your bones yeah. sticking out of your skin. And here I am standing out on the field, and I'm waving for the trainers to come get me, even though I could have walked over to the sideline because there wasn't nothing wrong with my legs. But I was in shock. I'm like, come out here. Come out here. Look at my. Th- thumb look at my thumb and then when they took me in the uh the training room uh during the game and the doctor told me my my season was over you know i just started crying like a like a baby oh wow they knew right away eh, that that wasn't gonna be fixed in time no yeah they knew days. it was gonna be surgery and the whole bit so i'd okay. have surgery to get there to uh, connect the ligament back
1: all right yes yeah, so, so that's the story that was uh warren moon last night giving us uh Some never-before-revealed details about a thumb injury back in 1990. So Ron from Red Deer called in earlier and said that was something. So we we thought we'd give you that uh, as a special replay from uh, Warren Moon. By the way, Warren Moon uh, thinks it's going to be Green Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. NFL playoffs get going tomorrow. That's going to be fun. We got an Edmontonian going to the Olympics. He's next on Inside Sports.